Now let's back to the future for the country's biggest city. John Banks returns as Mayor of Auckland after a three-year hiatus. He's defeated incumbent Dick Hubbard by nearly 10,000 votes. And voters have also shifted the council to the right, with the Citizens and Ratepayers team winning 11 of the 19 seats at the council table, sweeping the left-leaning Labour City Vision team from power. In a moment, we're going to be speaking to uh, Mr Hubbard, but a jubilant uh, John Banks joins us now. You had to promise to perhaps tone things down a bit. Are we going to be seeing John Banks light for the next three years? Well, what we're not going to be seeing is uh, gratuitous insults, and uh, it's regretful. Did you used to do that? Well, it's regretful that it's... Uh, I mean, I was taught by Rob Muldoon, Sean, um, uh, as you know, um, and uh, the days of uh, insulting uh, people are over. I mean, that's why uh, some of the candidates that have spent all their time abusing me during the last 12 weeks uh, have failed poorly. But it's about affordable progress. It's about honesty, openness and transparency. It's about sticking with the knitting. And it's about decisive leadership. All right. Despite the name calling, I'm looking, Bob Harvey has said your election will set Auckland back 20 years. How are you going to work with him? That's so, so disappointing. I mean, the ink is not even dry on the ballot papers and I'm being abused. It's, 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 it's a tragedy. Having said that, it's exactly the reason why we need the Royal Commission to get on with its work and to re-transform and uh, triangulate Auckland government into one single council or maybe two councils. It needs to be done urgently, and this should be the last election for eight councils, eight bureaucracies, eight mayors, 320 elected people and 6,000 bureaucrats. It should be the end. Thank you for joining us. That is uh, Auckland's uh, new, recycled, if you like, Mayor, uh, John Banks. Uh, The incumbent, Dick Hubbard, uh, was listening to that. Disappointed, obviously. Obviously disappointed. I mean, I'd given it my best shot over three years. I'd given the campaign my uh, best shot. I thought I had a reasonable chance of getting across the line. Uh, But that's not the case, and we move on. Mm. Looking overall, there has been a sort of pendulum swing left to right in Auckland local body politics, perhaps reflecting some of the national mood. Do you think you got caught in that tide somewhat? Oh, there is a little bit of tide there. There's no doubt about that. I think the other thing, though, and probably more fundamentally, is that we took the hard calls. Aucklanders said they wanted action, they wanted things done. The reality was we needed some money to do that. We had to put up the rates. We did that. Uh, We got the action. We've probably paid the price for that. Thank you for joining us. That is Dick Hubbard, the outgoing mayor of Auckland City. Let's have a look at the rest of the Auckland region. Waitakere's mayor, Bob Harvey, he fought off stiff competition from broadcaster John Tamahiri to win the mayoral chains for a sixth term. It's been quite a tough battle, I have to say. This has been a very, very aggressive campaign. And it's been pretty punishing, to be honest. It's been, there has to be an easier way of getting a laugh, I have to say, than um, six weeks of campaigning like this. It's been very brutal. In an unpredicted win, Andrew Williams took the North Shore mayoralty from long-time incumbent George Wood. And Mr Williams uh, joins us now. An unpredicted or unexpected uh, result, we said. Polling didn't have you ahead, did it? Well, the media uh, were too busy um, reporting their own typewriters and rather than... Um, reporting on what the actual people on the North Shore were saying. What do you think was the difference in your campaign? Uh, well, the difference was I stood on the platform of don't waste the rates. Uh, I was of the opinion, and I still am, that the council was uh, wasting a great deal of money. Uh, North Shore had the highest 
average rates increases of any of the Auckland cities. It was projecting over the next 10 years rates increases in the order of 8 or 9% and, and more, and that was simply unsustainable for the people. The uh, previous mayor also made comment that uh, if the people of the North Shore couldn't afford the rates, then perhaps they should consider downsizing, selling up or moving on. And uh, George has always regretted having made that comment 12 months ago. So you now face the challenge then, I guess, of maintaining services without uh, overly large rates increases. How do you do that? Well, that can be done. And even in the last week, the mayor and several of his supporting councillors uh, came back on their stance and said that uh, if $350 million of, of infrastructure projects were deferred and extended out over a slightly longer period, then that would be able to reduce the rates by more than 2%. And that's the sort of thing we'll be looking at is uh, too much is being done too soon, too quickly, and with gold-plated pricing. Good luck with it and congratulations again, Andrew Williams, the new mayor of North Shore. Well, in Manukau City, Len Brown won the mayoralty by a landslide after the country's longest-serving mayor, Sir Barry Curtis, retired. Broadcaster Willie Jackson was a distant third. Len Brown, very big boots to fill, uh, those of Sir Barry Curtis. Uh, been a great leader of our city, but um, I'll be constructing my own uh, shoes to walk in. You also have some big issues to deal with. Manukau, I guess, typifies or shows many of the problems of New Zealand's changing demographics and the problems of modern New Zealand society, particularly crime. Do you have a strategy? Oh, yes, we do. And um, one of the key parts of, of the strategy of moving forward in Manukau is, uh, is to really galvanise the communities. And I've, uh, for, for any of the, your listeners who are aware at all of Manukau, they'll be aware that I've been very, very strongly active in many of our communities across the city. And it's those communities that I'll be reaching back into and the leaders in those communities to assist us in confronting some of those challenges. But I, I just want to say, Sean, that uh, Manukau's challenges uh, are not dissimilar to challenges elsewhere. And one of the real challenges that we have is, is managing the, the huge economic and population growth that we have and, and the benefits that, that are deriving to our people and communities from those two. In the wider Auckland regional sense, what do you think of uh, John Banks getting back in? Is he someone you could work with on regional issues? Uh, um, my style is very collaborative, Sean, and I'll work with whoever the people of the wider Auckland region have decided to elect him. Len Brown, thank you for joining us. Congratulations again, Manukau's new mayor, Len Brown. To Wellington, the capital, Kerry Prendergast has held on to the mayoral change there, winning her third term as leader of the city. Amanda Strong was there when the result was announced. OK, so for the mayor uh, elected, Kerry Prendergast. More than 100 people packed into the foyer of the Wellington City Council buildings to hear what was to be the last council in the country to announce its results. After six years at the helm, Kerry Prentergast says she's focused on tying up the loose ends on existing projects as well as looking into new areas. But I'd like us to be the first green capital in the world and I'd like the entire community uh, to have fast net broadband access available to get really economic uplift. So the two big things I want to see happen. It seems the region as a whole is relatively content with Porirua, Lower Hutt and Upper Hutt all retaining their sitting mayors. The current mayor of Lower Hutt, David Ogden, won by the slimmest of majorities, but says he's now on top of one of the issues that's been dogging his mayoralty, a movement by two of his suburbs to break away and become part of Wellington. Well, I've been working very closely with the Eastbourne community and the Petone community. 
and the Eastbourne Rights Group. I mean, I've just had a texted a message from its leader of congratulations. So we've professionally gone through the problems as they've presented themselves and dealt with them. In the Wairarapa, six candidates vied for Masterton's mayoralty, which was won by former Deputy Mayor and long-term councillor Gary Daniel. He says he's relieved the election's over. Obviously with a large number of candidates there's been a lot of uh, interest. Uh, a lot of the people are people that are, are my friends and that I know well. And uh, I guess there's uh, always been a little bit of tension as to uh, exactly who would come through and, and win. Elsewhere in the Wairarapa, Carterton's Mayor Gary McPhee and South Wairarapa's Adrian Staples both retained their roles. And on the Kapiti Coast, the former Environment Court Commissioner Jenny Rowan has taken over from Alan Milne as Mayor of the District. Well, in Christchurch, former This Is Your Life presenter and also a long-time uh, local body politician uh, Bob Parker will be filling the shoes of retiring Mayor Gary Moore. Mr Parker fought off competition from a white supremacist, a street cleaner and an academic to take the mayoral chains. One of the key issues of the election campaign was a $100 million civic building for the council, but in a surprise move, the outgoing council went ahead and approved it on Thursday. Bob Parker joins us now. Uh, congratulations, Bob. Thank you. Um, that move, uh, approving that building project, uh, you know, on the eve of the election, had you did you have some input into that or voice your opinions on that before it was done? Well, we all wanted to look at the facts before we made any decisions. We uh, got a, a late report. We got a very clear indication of the way we needed to move. It was such a good decision that the council who had been looking at this and uh, many other sites over the last six years knew that they had a winner and decided to go with it. It was a question of uh, getting something done that the community wanted completed. You don't think it would have been better to allow the new council to have a look at it? No, not in this case, because it would have taken us probably six or seven months uh, if we'd had a significant change in council to get people up to speed on the projects. Meantime, our staff are sitting in a leaky old building, and the decision that we actually took saved the ratepayers something like $50 million. So it was a good decision, and I think the reaction of our community across the board has been one of support. How would you typify the campaign? I mean, there have been name-calling, you're called Bob Each Way. Um, not a particularly clean or happy campaign, one would say. Well, I had a good time, and uh, I enjoyed myself, and I didn't need to descend to the kind of personal denigration that some people felt compelled to go to, and perhaps that's been reflected in the results. Megan Woods uh, concentrated very much on anonymous donations you received. Are you going to tell people where your money came from for the campaign? Well, look, the law of the process that we work under says that you should furnish a return after the election. I've always said that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'll comply to the letter with the Lord. I'll comply to the letter with the spirit of the intention of the act, and uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm sure we'll be talking much in future. Congratulations. Thanks for joining us. That is Bob Parker, the incoming Mayor of Christchurch. Well, voter apathy has really marred this year's local body elections. On average, national turnout has dropped by 5% to a record low of 41%. Some areas buck that trend, notably Hastings and Waimakariri. Turnout was less than 30%, though, in several areas at Waipa and Otorohonga. Local Government Minister Mark Burton says that is just not good enough. Whilst the drop is not as bad as perhaps it was started, it was looking a week ago, 
nonetheless, it is a matter of concern. And of course, it'll be one of the issues that will be covered by the evaluation of, of, of this election. A government inquiry into local government rate increases earlier this year, or a parliamentary inquiry, in fact, was expected to encourage voter participation in the elections, but that wasn't the case. Joining us now is the President of Local Government New Zealand, Basil Morrison, and Dr Christine Chain from Massey University, who sat on that inquiry. Dr Chain, first to you, uh, is there a kind of scientific explanation for this voter apathy that we're experiencing? Well, what we're seeing in New Zealand is similar to many Western industrialised democracies, and there are a number of factors. And the interesting thing is, as the minister indicated, it wasn't perhaps as low as some of the predictions from the media earlier in the week. Also, we've got a lot of variation in our turnout. So we've had some good results in some places. We've had not so good results in others. To some extent, that reflects the characteristics of the election. That is certainly the case all around the world. And then there are other factors, for example, the media coverage, the people's um, information about candidates, about local government in general, about election issues. So those are the characteristics that are common around the world, yes. Basil Morrison, uh, we were, the media were banging on about it uh, for the last week. One can presume that that actually pushed up voter awareness and actually saved this result from being a lot worse than it might have been in terms of turnout. Well, there's no doubt about that, Sean, and... Uh we would uh, be really encouraged if the media could give uh, um, that sort of uh, treatment, not in that intensity, but uh, also during the three-year term of uh, what is happening in their local communities. It would be really great. But, yes, you're right, it did help. Uh, uh, Looking at areas, are you going to crunch back through these numbers and look at the areas where turnout was high and try and establish some factors as to what sort of coverage, what sort of communities we're talking about, take those lessons and try to encourage such activity elsewhere? (laughs) Yes, uh, we will. um, And as uh, as the Minister said in your uh, comments earlier, uh, yes, there will be a a look at how how the voting voting patterns work uh, took place, but Sean, let's let's be um, let's be clear. When you look at uh, at across the country, there's no doubt whatsoever where there is a strong mayoral battle uh, that does uh, get more attention locally, and people do get more involved. Um, if a mayor is elected unopposed, uh, or if a ward of a council gets elected unopposed, that does skew things locally. So we must be very careful when we look at the the whole of the country. There'll be variances and there'll be pretty much good reasons uh, in regards to candidacy and local interest that skews or otherwise the national pattern. Thank you both for joining us. That's Basil Morrison, the President of Local Government New Zealand, also speaking there to Dr Christine Chain from Massey University. She sat on the uh, inquiry into uh, local government uh, rate increases earlier this year. Let's have a look at results from uh, elsewhere around the country. We start with Northland. Electors there have turned their backs on uh, local mayors. In Whangarei, Pamela Peters was dumped in favour of businessman and former mayor Stan Semenoff. She's done their time, and politics is a hard area to be in the times. Uh, don't always get thanked for what you've done in the past, and uh, I think that time has come for her to move on, and mandate of this voting today signal that. Further north, Yvonne Sharp's being asked that as mayor of the far north. The region's new mayor is the former Auckland District Health Board head, Wayne Brown, who is promising sweeping changes to the council, and he joins us now. Mr Brown, congratulations. Welcome to the programme. Thanks very much. Uh, what are those sweeping changes going to be? The north needs to, to a bit more prosperity, needs more go-ahead, it needs less bureaucracy, 
and it mean, needs a council that focuses on helping ratepayers rather than declaring war on them. What is the, uh, if you like, the philosophy you are going to apply to achieve that? Oh, put the ratepayers at the front of every single decision that's made rather than the staff. You feel that it's a council or an area that's been dominated by its bureaucrats? Rather totally, than... and so do 10,000 people from up here. All right, what's your first major change? Oh, telephone system that you can ring up and get somebody you can talk to and get an answer. If you ring the council now, you nonsensical music. That is Wayne Brown, the new mayor of the far north. Well, Hamilton voters have confirmed former National MP Bob Simcock as mayor of their city. He took over as mayor in May when uh, the incumbent Michael Redman left office to become Hamilton City Council's chief executive. While Labour MP Diane Yates missed out on a seat in, on council, former television presenter Kay Gregory topped the poll in her ward. The fact that I'm quite well known in Hamilton probably has helped me and I'm quite involved in lots of things in the city. So I, I guess that would be the reason why, because they say name recognition does count for a lot. Well, Hamilton's new mayor, Bob Simcock, uh, is with us now. Uh, congratulations, Bob. Thank you very much, Sean. Um, you would be one of the lucky mayors who takes over a, a region which is booming with that white gold from the dairy. Uh, <laughs> what is the strategy to deal with that sort of success? Well, let me say, it's not just booming from that, it's also booming from refugees leaving Auckland. Uh, we've got a rapidly accelerating population, and a lot of that is people who are just deciding Auckland's too tough and they're finding most of what they want down here. Um, look, our challenge is going to be to keep putting the infrastructure in place to support that and to get central government to understand that uh, uh, Hamilton's actually part of the solution to Auckland rather than a competing demand. Good luck with it. Thank you for joining us. Taupo is the only major upset in the Waikato Bay of Plenty region where most uh, sitting mayors were either re-elected or retained their posts unopposed. The new mayor of Taupo is also promising to donate his entire salary to charity. Andrew McRae reports. Businessman Rick Cooper ousted incumbent Clayton Stent by a majority of 1,500 votes. He's promising a few changes, including donating his entire mayoral pay packet around $80,000 to charity. And that will be done by the money going to the Taupo Moana Rotary Club and they will hand it out to charities as they see fit and that means I'm not favouring one from another. It's 80000 a year, 240000 for three years. In what is probably the most interesting result in the region, six of the 12 seats on the Waikato Regional Council have been taken by candidates supporting the ticket rates control team. The chairman of the council, Jenny Vernon, has lost her seat to a sitting councillor, Ian Baum, who moved constituencies in a bid to topple her. Three other sitting councillors have also been ousted. In the Bay of Plenty, Whakatane's Mayor Kevin Holmes narrowly retained his job from rival former National Party MP Ian Shearer. North to Tauranga, an incumbent's Joe Crosby fought off challenges from six others to stay for another three years, polling twice as many votes as his nearest rival. Mr Crosby says he's humbled by the result, one he believes reflects his style of leadership. And uh, the fact that I do spend a lot of time out in the community, uh, meeting a lot of people, and uh, the city itself has made a lot of progress in the last three years. In Rotorua, Kevin Winters has been returned as mayor, winning with a margin of just over 1,200 votes. He says people have been satisfied with the city's progress over the last three years. We've got some wonderful projects that are coming on stream and they've been very successful and I've got a few more projects that I want to complete before I knock off. So um, it's work in progress at the moment. I think um, Rotua people have given me a mandate to um, say finish your job. 
Malcolm Campbell, the mayor of one of the country's smallest councils, Kararao, was re-elected, and mayors in the Western Bay of Plenty and Apotiki were re-elected unopposed. Well, the status quo was the order of the day as votes were counted in the central North Island. Most mayors in Taranaki and Hawke's Bay returned with very little fuss. But the controversial mayor of Whanganui, Michael Laws, had a serve for those who doubted he could win a second term in office. It'll surprise a lot of people throughout New Zealand who thought that... Um, yeah, you couldn't be controversial and win. Yes, you can. And and I, I really think that the things that we've done in Wanganui over the last um, three years in terms of um, advancing the general welfare and, and health of the population, um, we've got some reward for it. Well, in the Manawatu, Palmerston North has a new mayor. The successful candidate for Merrill is Joan O'Neill. Cheers there for the two-term councillor, John O'Neiller, who's ousted sitting mayor, Heather Tangay. He joins us now. Mr O'Neiller, congratulations. Very well. Some issues, interesting campaign. You were quite upfront about being a Christian, something that a lot of politicians in terms of religion shy away from. Do you think that worked in your favour? Oh, look, it, I, I'm not sure how much bearing it really has on it, but, I mean, uh, people have asked me about that, and I've had a lot of involvement in the church over the years, and it, it seemed to come to the fore at, at, at different parts of the thing. But that, that, that wasn't the platform that I was standing on, per se. What was the platform? What's your first move uh, once you get those chains on? <laughs> Look, I'll be, getting, I'll be getting the moves on before the chains come on, Sean. The, the big thing around uh, Palmerston North is for a number of years, we've had quite fractious councils, quite divided, I think, in the way that they've operated uh, the big thing for me that I've said uh, is that I want to get this place working together. And um, so the first the first job for me is actually to start working with the new council. We've got a significant number of new councillors and uh, start working about how we're going to work together, get the processes right so that we can get the results right. Also the issue of amalgamation with nearby Manawatu district councils being sort of talked about for a wee while now. Where are you at on that? Uh, but one of the things that we're, we're wanting to do is work together a whole lot more on things. So we're looking at shared services that we can use, different um, projects that we're working on together because we, sh- we share such a, a lot of our boundary. Um, whether or not there'll be full political amalgamation, t- time will tell. But uh, we've got a, a lot of progress that we can make for the benefit of both communities by working together on a whole lot of stuff. John O'Neill, thank you for joining us. John O'Neill, the new mayor of Palmerston North. And we'll head to Gisborne, where allegations of secret deals with China did nothing to damage the popularity of the incumbent mayor, Meng Foon. He's extended his majority to nearly 9,000 votes over his closest contender, Arthur Cunningham. Over the last few years, we've had um, huge economic growth in our in our region. Uh, our population's grown by 4,000. Um, when provincial regions were going backwards, uh, we've been top of the list in the uh, National Bank surveys in terms of economic prosperity for the last uh, three or four years, and also employment's come down from 15% to 4%, which also poses another problem is, is in terms of um, skills shortages in our district. Return Mayor Ming Foon. Let's go to the South Island then. Marlborough's Mayor Alistair Soman has uh, easily retained his seat at the head of the, that council table. On the West Coast, Patrick McManus is the new Mayor of Buller, while the current incumbents of Grey and Westland districts were elected unopposed. But in Nelson, the retirement of uh, Mayor Paul Matheson prompted uh, quite an interesting mayoral race. Eventually it was won by Kerry Marshall. We've been overwhelmingly supported by people who want some change uh, in Nelson to make this place once again the kind of uh, cultural and uh, tourism uh, environmental capital of, of New Zealand. The feeling things have perhaps been a little too laid back. 
Well, we've been laid back. Nielsen's growing quite dramatically. It's, a, it's expected to be bigger than Dunedin by the year 2020. And so the, one of our major industries here is house building. But the kind of infrastructural environment is, uh, has been lapsed. We've got to go if we want to do some... Marlborough leaves us for dead and some, some issues. Uh, got to go to Marlborough to see the ballet, see the rugby and whatever. So that community infrastructure has been uh, under, underperforming. And uh, so that's a major issue for us. The other one, though, that's is as important is that there are two councils here. And uh, you'll probably know my history involved yeah. in Tasman, and uh, there was some degree of friction between the two. It's one region, and we need to work much closer together. They were the two messages, change and teamwork. Good luck with it. Uh, congratulations. I must admit that uh, if I was going to be a mayor, Nelson would be my pick of spots to do it. Well, a mix of new and old mayors are going to be installed in council offices up and down the South Island this week. Monique Devereaux has been following the results. Ron Keating is the new Mayor of Waimakariri, having deposed incumbent Jim Gerrard with somewhat of a landslide victory. Mr Keating says the community was sick of Council's rapid spending and inflated rates and was looking for a Mayor with a completely different agenda. He says his age, he's 70, is obviously not a problem. I'm a young 70. I don't know whether it's new 30, but I think it's most surely the new 60. 70 seems to be the magic age for Tim Shadbolt too. He's about to start his fifth term as Invercargill's mayor and he's in no hurry to give it up at all. Oh no, no. I want to keep going for another 10 years if I can. I'd like to retire when I'm 70, so I'd like to do a couple more terms here. The elections had Dunedin hopefuls on extended tenterhooks. It was 8pm before the results came out. That follows last election's elongated waiting game when it took 19 days to get confirmation that Peter Chin was mayor. He made it through again last night, but indicated the complex STV voting system the city uses may be looked at carefully. Dunedin City has the opportunity to review whether or not it wants to continue with STV. Alex Hamilton deposed Alan McClay for the Waitaki mayoralty, but it was one of the few dramatic changes around the South Island. The status quo remains in the country's most southern councils. Southland District Council incumbent Frana Cardno remains, as does Malcolm McPherson in neighbouring Central Otago District and Queenstown Lakes District Mayor Clive Geddes. Waimati, Ashburton and Timaru mayors also retained their positions. Timaru hopeful Karen Collings didn't make it into council, but her pre-election arrest for urinating in a gutter outside a pub will ensure she will be heard. She reappears in court next month. Let's go now to the country's most isolated and smallest council, the Chatham Islands. On the islands, there are only two candidates for mayor. One of them didn't even have a telephone. Luckily, Patrick Smith has been returned for a sixth term, and he does have a telephone. He joins me on it now from the islands. Uh, Patrick, congratulations. Thank you very much. What are your particular problems out there on the Chathams and problems that the council, you as mayor, can make a difference to? Well, I, th- I think it, it's the isolation. It's, uh, it's being part of a small uh, Pacific group um, that we've never had a form of understanding with um, the governments of the past. And um, it's this isolation that you've got to, um, uh, to buffer against continuously. And it's, you're, you're looking at the socioeconomics and the environmental effects and how best to uh, g- get around that infrastructure and, and get on to a sustainable future. Patrick Smith, sixth-term mayor of uh, the Chatham Islands, but the country's uh, longest-serving mayor, we're probably thinking, is now uh, in the chains for the seventh time round. And it is, of course, Tim Shadbolt down there in Invercargill, and he joins us now. Mayor Tim, good to talk to you. 
Good to talk to you. Um, boy, so you must be coming quite a veteran at sort of celebratory parties after local body elections, <laughs> eh? Yes, that's right. There's still tough going, though. Don't worry. All right. Look, Invercargill, what was your turnout? Uh, I think we ended up on 53%, which was down a little bit. We usually get um, at least 55 Still so. above the national average, which is oh, good, though. Oh, well above it, yes. Uh, being such a long-serving mayor, do you have any ideas of how, and not necessarily the structural level, but kind of an emotional level, we can reconnect people with the idea of local body politics and their participation in it? Yes, I do. I think there's a whole range of actions we could take. First of all, we've got to shorten this process of voting. I mean, it goes on, if you look at from when nominations open, it goes on for about two and a half months. If you only had a week to fill out your voting papers, all the advertising and campaigning done by the candidates would be focused and concentrated on that week, and it might generate a bit of excitement.